Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Okay, you've got a lot to dive into. Yeah, here. real quick, I just want to run down the injury report for the spring game just in case anybody missed yep. it earlier in the week. Guys that you won't see tomorrow, you won't see Jalen Catalan. He's been rehabbing the shoulder. Everything should be good to go for him for the fall, so keep that in mind. You won't see DJ Campbell. Uh, he's actually had – He's either has had or is about to have wrist surgery. He'll be out in that six to eight week window. So tough break for him. It sounds, Craig, like it was an, a wrist injury that he tried to fight through to the point where just couldn't go anymore. And they decided to go ahead now, just yeah. have the surgery, rest up, be good to go by the time camp starts. And and he should should at least get like the month of July, the back half of summer conditioning to get himself ready. So DJ Campbell will be fine. Don't expect to see much, if any, of Keelan Robinson tomorrow. And then obviously you've got the guys, you know, Cole Hudson and uh, Connor Robertson, the guys that have been rehabbing injuries uh, all spring long. Isaiah Nayer in that group as well. Don't expect to see much, if any, of those guys tomorrow during the spring game. So just file that away. Note that on your roster, your mental roster tonight when you get in the stadium tomorrow and they hand you the roster. Just make sure you mark lines of those guys or just note it a little bit that you won't see. You'll see very little to none uh, of those guys I just mentioned. Let's talk so some – you won't freak out and go, where's DJ Campbell? Why, do, why is it Isaiah Nair on is the field? the portal? Yeah. Well, there's three guys you won't see because they, they're going into the portal. Derek Brown, Travell yeah. Johnson, and uh, Brendan Thompson's been with the track team all spring anyway, so that really, that's a moot point anyway. Um, let we'll, we'll talk spring game more later, but I want to talk some basketball right now. So the A.J. Johnson thing, Craig, I have, well, actually let's back up a little bit more. Dylan Mitchell making the announcement that he's going to and we talked about this on the show earlier this week. I told everybody, get your head right for it because it might happen. Mm-hmm. Entering the draft, maintaining the option to come back to school, maintaining his eligibility. He's really interesting, and I know we've talked a lot, Craig, about his draft stock and where it may or may not be. He's not going to be a lottery pick like he was projected to be at the start of the year. But the scouts could have two different views of him. Right, they could have the view of needs a lot of work. The offensive game is a lot more, a lot less refined than even we thought it was. He needs to go back to school or maybe spend a year in the G League or whatever. You could also have the scouts' view that you know what, maybe it's just the college game. Maybe he just needs to be in a little more of a free flowing offense, uh, elite level athlete. Uh, you know. Does have some uh, some issues on defense, but his ability to defend multiple positions is something you just don't find. So maybe you take him at the back end of the first round, maybe early in the second round, if you can convince uh, him and his representatives that at that point in the draft he would he would get a a guaranteed deal. So there's two schools of thought on that, and I think that's what the intriguing part is with Dylan Mitchell. If he does get a shirt of one of those opportunities, it's hard for me to see a scenario where he comes back. Now, I think if he does come back, then I think you would get the feedback. I think it would be the majority of the feedback at that point would be you need to go back to school for another year and work on this, this, and this. But all it's going to take is a couple of teams at the back end of the first round or late, early in the second round to say, no, 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 we're – we're gonna we're gonna buy into the athleticism. We're we're gonna take a flyer on him to for, to get him to to stay in the draft and not come back to school for another year. Yeah, there's the, you know as the, the old saying uh, goes, it, it it really only takes one GM 
to fall in love with somebody mm-hmm. to do that. Um, so, yeah, that's a possibility. I, I, I'm kind of aligned with you. I, I, I think that he'll get the feedback that he's not ready and that teams feel he's not ready. Uh, I do know that late in the season, now that's late in the just completed college season, but it's uh, not you know here on April the 14th, uh, but I know late in the season he was not appearing on any draft boards, what I was told. Yeah. Now, things change. And like you said, it only takes one GM to go, you know what, we take a flyer on this guy in the second round, and, and he could do that. The, 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 the question becomes, will there be enough will, – will Dylan's representation find enough interest from – the NBA feedback that they get right. that he might truly be a second round pick or you know maybe even late first round but whatever it is that it, that might be the case enough to where he decides to stay all in for the draft i'm betting not and that they'll give him some honest feedback say you really need to go back for another year i think they're going to say the same thing uh, to Tyrese Hunter i think they're saying the same thing to Dylan DeSue. so you know, but we'll see. Like you said, it only takes one. Right. June 12th also is going to be the deadline to pull out of the draft and go back to college. So keep that date in mind, June 12th. Uh, let's talk about the A.J. Johnson thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, because I, I was out yesterday, didn't get to talk about it. Uh, you know, this was something This was something they knew they were probably going to deal with recruiting him from the jump. Uh, the professional opportunities were going to be there. And, and I wrote this on the site. If you go to Horns 24-7, I've got a column up on the site. Basically, it, it runs down three things that I think A.J. Johnson's decision means for Texas. And one of those things was this is part of the game. This is part of what you deal with when you get into high-leverage recruiting battles. Now, more often than not, since the one-and-done rule came into effect, the the summer of 2019, or no, I'm sorry, not the one-and-done rule, um, when the G League option became an option in the summer of 2019, since then, you know, Greg Brown went through this. Dylan Mitchell had a chance maybe to, to deal with it last year. Uh, obviously, Ron Holland got overtures from, you know, from pro, professional, got professional opportunities put in front of him. So far, Craig, those decisions have worked out for Texas with the guy coming to school. This is just the one time you got burned, and this is the risk you run when you get into these type of recruiting battles. I'm not going to expect this to deter Rodney Terry and this staff from continuing to get in those battles. They're going to be in one in the 2024 cycle. They are in one right now with a kid that I know you've seen and think is a really good player, Trey Johnson, out of Lake Highlands. Yep. Number one prospect in the country. Really, really good guard. Uh, the kind of kind of guy that can change your program. Trey Johnson's probably going to have professional opportunities put in front of him. What you have to hope for is that your relationship, if you get a kid like that in the fold, that your relationship with the kid, with the family, and those close to him is strong enough to fend off those opportunities. Now, in the case of A.J. Johnson, you've got a kid that it sounds like he the college experience really wasn't a big deal for him, and now when you put a professional contract in front of him that says, hey, you can make up to seven hundred fifty grand playing ball for a season in Australia. That's going to sound a lot better to that kid than doing something he probably really doesn't want to do, which is sit in a college classroom for a year. Yep, yep, I, I, I agree with you, and that's some of the feedback that I got that uh, AJ wasn't necessarily 
that interested in being a college student athlete. It was more about wanting to get his career underway. And and he said so. it. He told you know, Eric Bossy, our, our national basketball director, 24-7 sports, Eric got quotes direct from AJ, and he basically said the same thing. Look, if if I was going to college, there's no question I'd be going to Texas. That's where I would play. Mm-hmm. But I really don't want to go to college. So yeah. at that point, whether it was you know Rodney Terry or Jay Wright or the Easter Bunny was the head coach at Texas, I don't know that at the end of the day it would have mattered considering yes. what was put in front of that kid at the end. So now you've got a situation where you have currently no guards on the roster that are guaranteed to come back. Obviously getting Tyrese Hunter back is big, but now you get into the portal. I think the recruitment, Craig, of Max Asmus from Oral Roberts, I think that becomes – not that it wasn't already important for the staff, but I think that's the kind of big splash you can make in the portal, not just to make your team better, but I think whatever the public perception may or may not be of your portal efforts – that's the kind of pickup you get that I think people would be like, all right, we, we feel better about where this thing is headed. Max Aceves is a high, high-priority guy. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be shocked if you heard, because the dead period ended at midnight, so coaches can be back out on the road today. I wouldn't be shocked if you heard about Rodney Terry visiting with Max Aceves today. Yeah, yeah. I know the uh, I know he's on the road, yeah. so that wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> all right. Um, there's our notebook.